And hey everyone, um, welcome to the Collabcast, uh, the podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. I'm your host Marvin Yue, and welcome to episode 49. Woo! Joining me as always is my co-host Christine Minji Chang. Happy New Year everybody! Yeah, it's 2016. Great. Wow, it's 2016, I can't, that's... And episode hmm. 49. Yeah, it's almost almost a whole year of this thing. Um, we got to think where we're going to do something special for our one year anniversary. Or should we do something for episode? I feel like what's a better milestone, 50 or 52? I, I think I think the year. I think the year. I, we've been building up to that for a while. Just talking about like mm. we're almost at 52. We're almost at 52. I think 52 <laughs> is a pretty important one. We got, we got to come with something special. So if anyone has suggestions. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I am coming at you this week, um, still on my Asia trip. I'm in China now, in China's old capital, Nanjing, where my maternal grandfather is from. So it's been interesting. It's my first time here. And for the first time, like for the last week, I've been kind of not being a tourist, but just living with my parents and, you know, doing like low-key stuff. But today I actually went on the touristy stuff in the new city, so... Um, That's I'm your favorite. super tired. Yeah. I'm a uh, woke up in the butt crack of dawn to take a high speed rail all the way from uh, Suzhou to Nanjing, which is about an hour and a half. Um, traveled probably let's see, four hundred kilometers, three hundred kilometers. Traveled a long ways, but man, high speed rail is awesome. You get to go places real fast. I mean, come on, America, <laughs> get with it. <laughs> I did the high speed high uh, high speed rail for the first time when I went from Paris to London. That was crazy. It was really beautiful. Yeah. I just like the trains. I need to do it more. I'll go to Santa Barbara or something. Or San trains Diego. Trains are nice. <laughs> I did um listeners may remember that I did a 17-hour train ride from DC to Chicago back in the summer I want to say. And cray. that was interesting. I would do Man, if that was a high speed road, that would have been like a five hour ride. High speed road for cut it down from seventeen hours to five. I I mean, Ish. I might be exaggerating, but it's gonna be it's more than half. I want to say because we were going at about three hundred kilometers per hour, which is about I want to say one hundred eighty miles per hour. Wow! So that was I mean crazy. That's maybe two hours from LA to SF, and that's at that speed. So. Well, that's like been a jillion years under, well, no, in in discussion slash argument. I think it's just all the, there's so much red tape, but I've been waiting for that that train forever. Oh, you're going to wait forever more. I know. Anyways, every week we start off the podcast with a roundtable session where we bring table topics to talk about, about pop culture, social commentary issues that caught our attention this week. And for you, uh... I have here at Coachella. Coachella, mm, mildly, yes. I am interested. Well, it's awesome because there's some really incredible um, Asian American acts that are like Toki Monster is going to be there. I love her. I've gone to her, see her live, and imagining her at, at Coachella, which is near and dear to my heart as a, as a young person, um, it's just, I'm so excited about that. It's going to be amazing. And then Anderson Pack is going to be there. He's had an amazing year in 2015. And so I'm totally not surprised that he's going to be at Coachella. Um, and I'm just trying to find a way to 
find money and like an actual ticket to go. <laughs> tickets go on sale this weekend, right? It's going to be gone. It's such a it's like I don't bother with the whole waiting in line thing. I know there's people who are very very dedicated, but I think it's cuz we're spoiled and live in California, it's not that far. I just figure I'll find someone off of Craigslist. And the whole ticketing thing is a mm. scam anyways cuz there's people who go and buy like 30 of them so that they can scalp it blah 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 blah. But anyway, I mean, that's, that's a whole other topic where you talk about concert going because there's strategies that people have of like, oh, this is how I'm going to. I want to know how people get their tickets because some of my friends are wizards. Um, but I really want to go. So I've never been to Coachella and oh, I don't know go, if Marv. I'll ever go. Because Why? I think I'm getting to the age where like. Who cares? No. But um, I know that some of my friends, they just sit there and refresh. Yeah. For, for, like it's pretty a- much. I think it's a split second, right, between when they turn on and when it sells out. Oh, God, so you want to yeah. be like, you want to get in, get into the um, into the system wedge, the system, and then you want to check out as soon as you can, right? So you you gotta be quick. You gotta be someone with fast internet and with like low ping times, and like I think there's a whole strategy to like just being someone where. You the shortest distance between you and the ticket. I just I just wait for the week before because there's always it's like thousands of people who go. There's gonna be somebody who's who can't go anymore, who has a family emergency, can't spend the money. That's my strategy. I don't bother with. I did it one year, and it was a nightmare and it was annoying. And I was at work and probably didn't look particularly professional because I was trying to stay at my desk so I could keep refreshing. Um, So no, I don't do that. But yeah, your technologically advanced friends. It sounds very impressive, and kudos to you. I don't, I don't mess with that because I'm just like, I want to get it directly from somebody where it's easier for me and hopefully cheaper. I mean, they're so expensive. They're so expensive. I, mean, I how much is it this year? Oh, I'm not gonna look at it, but I know it's <laughs> like a couple hundred dollars more than like the first time I went, which was 2012. It's only like four years ago, and. And then they sell out. They they sell out every year. Instantaneously, and it's amazing. Like yeah. it's those numbers. Like yeah, man. And let's be real. The thing is that like ninety nine point nine percent of the people who go do not know eighty percent. No, probably more than that. Like eighty five, ninety percent of who's on that lineup. It's just this festival thing. It's a it's a fun escape. It's a way to discover new music. You kind of have this aura of like, I'm young, I'm free. I'm going to enjoy myself. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to dance like no one's watching, you know? Be a hippie, one with the earth at this really beautiful polo grounds. Um I, I don't know. It's a fun experience. I don't want to be there. No, Marv, you got to go. It's really, really fun. And everyone has their different ex- – not everyone has the same Coachella experience. I think it's a lot of fun. I've, I've definitely had my reservations or my uh, opinion slash judgment about XYZ party scenes. Just because we've all heard this story before how I'm a unique – partying non-partier but um i had it's a great time you love music you love bands like i think you you of all people would really love it i do dig live music i think i'm more of like a south by type of um music girl where i like intimate more intimate venues and like that kind of setup of course um the whole like festival thing i that's your preference, but I'm saying maybe this is time to explore because you, we are getting older 
And eventually it will be completely irrelevant, exhausting, etc. Who knows? I feel like I could go until I'm 90. But I'm saying... No, you, you shouldn't. You will leave die. Leave me alone. No. You will, like, Marvin, I'll be the healthy... Because when you're 90, there will be no water in California. This is true. That is true. That's scary. Shh. Well, it's raining now, so I'm going to stay hopeful. I'm staying optimistic. But what El I'm, Nino's here, right? I'm you saying, got, like, whole Marvin, we're, t- we're at the new beginning of a new year. Don't let yourself be, like, 50 and be like, damn it, I should have gone. And then what could have, should have, would have been. Just go. No. I'm going to buy one of those VR headsets and go virtually. Oh, my God. You would. No. I, I really want you to go. I, <laughs> and I, try not to throw up. Or we could find, there's a million other festivals, too. I mean, that's what, it's crazy what Coachella sparked. I mean, before that, there it's not to say that it was the festival, but it was just something that got so popularized that in conjunction with, like, EDC and um, yeah, there's always I been, guess, like, Bonnaroo and stuff like that. <laughs> I guess I just, like, I have memories of, so... At UCSD, we have this thing called Sun God, yeah. which is our big spring festival of the year. And back in my day, it was like a whole campus thing where, like, basically you just get drunk and run around school. But um, over the years, they started to localize it into the field so that they can have more control. Because pretty much the cops from it said, if you don't crack down on this, we're going to shut it down. But I remember going back one year, I think it was the year after I graduated when... Um, the headliners were Third Eye Blind, which I dug, and T.I. He dug it. Back when he was, like, um, back when he was huge. Like, that was when he was um, the um, big shit poppin', that, yep. that whole era. Um, when he was, like, on the ATL and Now who all is that. it? Like, Tyga? <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember you couldn't move. Like, you can, like, you talk about, you can talk about, how, like, in Tokyo, like, I was in a lot of crowds. But this was, like, like, you couldn't move. And I'm jealous because we never had that. That's that was something I heard about from friends that said UC San Diego got to do this whole thing. I don't think that maybe I was just such a square loser in college or just not paying attention. But I don't feel like we ever had we had concerts like we had things where we could have fun and but it's mini size. We never had that festival. Well, I think every UC has like a spring festival because. I think this the similar ask go up and down. No, UCR has one too. Um, UCSD it was special for us because we're like we were at an actual campus with like on campus life. Like people actually came to school, not to class because we were all drunk, but like <laughs> actually like there was stuff going on, and so it was just this big. Um, I don't know. It was it was it was a fun day. See if you like um, that. You know what I'm saying? Like try it. It'll be fun. I personally. Well, you hate the heat. So, but I'm saying it's a lot of fun, and you, our days are numbered. <laughs> I don't mind. Des- I mean, I don't think I'm gonna go camp. Oh no, 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 no! But this is Palm but. Springs, dude. This is like what I'm saying. You can be completely comfortable in a plush, you know, senior citizens <laughs> Palm Springs getaway. It's super nice. I only camped the first year, which was crazy. And that was actually like such a trip because I. Wasn't even essentially supposed to go. I bought tickets online and then I, I couldn't sell them. I was in this whole frenzy. How old was I? I was 26. And so I was in this frenzy of like, I can't spend this money. I need to spend it on my school loans. And da-da-da. so I tried to sell it up until the day it started and no one would buy it. Um, I had like 18 different people who were inquiring and then it never happened. And my literally my boss yelled at me. I love my boss. Shout out to Jess if you're listening. But um, she's only a few years older than I am. Brilliant woman. I love her. But she yelled at me. She's like, just go. 
Stop stressing about selling it and just go. Get out of here. Use a, a vacation day. Go to Palm Strings. Get out of my face. So that's how I went. So. I just want to pump the brakes real quick. Hmm. And like, you had a boss? I did have a boss. You had people boss you around? Heck yeah. And I was tell happy. you to do stuff? I was happy to listen to my <laughs> boss. My boss was amazing. I've had two really great bosses out of college. My two jobs that led me to this place two really <laughs> brilliant strong women yeah and she's the one who told me like stop stressing about it you're freaking out probably was annoying her <laughs> just know what's bottom here i don't know what to do couldn't it, i can't imagine that honestly you must it was fun but see gotta go <laughs> and that was like one of those op- and then i went again the next year and I, again i just need to go when's the last time you went was it before or after they so here's the crazy thing about Coachella like it's gotten so big that they've created a second weekend of the exact same shit yeah like the exact same That's, lineup like, I the first year I went was the year that they did the whole Tupac hologram and I went weekend too so everyone already knew that it was gonna happen but it was uh, still pretty I mean yes for sure it's like uh, there's the novelty's gone and everyone was like during that performance, everyone's like, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Are they going to do it again? So there was a little bit of anticipation, but then it happened and it was awesome. And for I think me, if I was great. the producer, I would have switched up the hologram. Like, yeah. Everyone's expecting Tupac and then like Michael Jackson shows up. That would have been amazing. You know? Oh my God. I would have really, I mean, I love Tupac, but I would have, if it was Michael, I would have just started bawling. But um, the the whole guest, like the special guests, the surprise guests who show up during performances and stuff, that always changes. Like they never stay the same. Um, I remember when David Guetta, was it David Guetta? Yeah, the first year I went to David Guetta and the weekend one was like Usher or Rihanna. Somebody, one of those showed up and it was like everyone lost their shit. But then <laughs> we were wondering, oh, are they going to come back again? But then when I went, Sia came and that was incredible. To be in the same room as Sia's voice um, and Sia herself, but things like it's just it's fun. It's like your favorite songs and just learn. And I learned a lot of different new music, people I'd never heard of before, and probably I don't even remember their names. But just to experience it was like a really fun thing. But anyways, I hope you go, Marv. I'll take a break from work and all the madness and tear myself away from Netflix to go. You should go. <laughs> Tear yourself away from Netflix. Yeah. You talk as if you like you watch it all the time. I have been lately. That's my issue. And it's been hard. Well, okay. I won't go into it too much because I don't want to do spoilers and all that stuff. And you haven't watched it. And I hope you do. But Making a Murder has taken over my life. It's a lot. So that's why I've been attached to Netflix very strongly. And I have to. And the thing is, everybody's binge watched that. And I can't because it's too much. It gets me too riled up. So I have to watch it in chunks. Mm. <laughs> Everyone's like, I've already finished all 10 hours. I was like, I'm on episode six. Shut up. Don't talk to me. Which is <laughs> stupid because I already know everything that happens. I went on Twitter and spoiled my own self. Yeah, it's, um, I haven't seen some. I, I think it's gotten even more because this is the kind of fervor that Serial got when it went on. Because like, Serial was a very similar um, case where it's like a an old case about like a crime and may or may not be false accused and legal goings ons and you know cover ups and whatever. And I feel like Making a Murder is taking over where Serial Two really should have. But I've heard that the second season of Serial isn't really catching on as. Big, well, it's the first one, so we'll see. 
Is it um, is it a show? Is it a podcast or is it a serial? Yeah, serial is a podcast. Yeah. Okay, it's a podcast. It's, but okay, it's, it's, it's 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 more of a it's like a mini series podcast. So the first season was like I'm I didn't like. I've only heard about it peripherally. I know some of my friends are really into it as well. But it's a very similar type of, um, I guess, podcast or story or the narrative. Um, content where it's describing a case, um, a, a cold. I, don't, I guess it's a cold case. It's still active, I guess. Um, well, I heard some of them are. Well, I, I mean, yeah, the name itself, everyone's been talking about Serial for how, how long has it been around? It's been around for a while. It's been about a year. Yeah. Two years. It's super popular. Um, but I think what the difference is, is the fact that podcasts in and of itself, like you've talked about this with me, that it's a very niche audience because not everybody listens to podcasts, right? Popular or, or otherwise. Well, um, that's the thing with Serial. With Serial was the podcast that like a lot of people, that was their first podcast. Right, right. That, that got them into it. It was like super like, popular that, oh, no, people who didn't even care, did not listen to podcasts, suddenly yeah. listen to that. Right? And it's the same kind of like. The reason for it is the same reason why Making Murder is so popular. is just because it's a very, like, people are interested in this kind of narrative where it's, like, falsely accused or potentially falsely accused. And, like, is there, like, a hole in the system and things like that. So, um... And Serial, so it's, like, is it... So, I'm... Because I've never listened to it. So, is it uh, where one episode... And I don't know how long each episode is, but is it an ongoing... Like, you take one case and then it's just ongoing... For multiple episodes, or is it one case per episode? The whole the whole season is one case. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it is yeah. the same. Yeah, you're totally right. But I think the thing that is definitely fueling much more, and this is just speculation, but I think the fact that it's you know a video documentary, right? That you are watching these people, and there are photographs, and because there's a the the creators of Making a Murder really did. I mean, they were on this for ten years, right? They took ten years to make this thing. And they piece together this entire docu- documentary without a narrator. It's mainly, I mean, 90% of it is just footage, photographs, interviews, um, and then actual uh, footage, you know, just like from the case itself. So it's really this elaborate quilt, if you will, um, telling, unfolding this story. And so that's what's so compelling. And I think that's what, you know, not to knock on podcasts or anything like that. Podcasts are amazing and you can listen to it in so many different ways. But to watch something, to see someone's face, um, to watch so-and-so potentially lie or not, like whatever it is that you believe or whatever seems obvious, um, that someone's lying or not. You're just like watching. You're like, how the hell is this real life? You know what I mean? Well, since we're already this deep into Sorry. it, you want to explain a little <laughs> bit about what making murder is because we've been talking a lot of generalities and vagueness. And okay. like, for people who don't know what it is, like, what's this? What is it about? If you haven't heard of making a murder, it's basically about a man from rural. Well, I hate this word, rural <laughs> Wisconsin, from Manitowoc County, Wisconsin. Stephen Avery, who you know, through a series of events, like he lives in a really poor area. Um, his family runs a salvage yard and he's uh, falsely convicted, not just accused. He's falsely convicted of uh, rape. So that's, you know, I don't think I'm ruining that for anybody, but he is uh, in prison for 18 years with this false conviction. Um, and it's just he gets out of jail and, up, up, you know, then proceeds to sue the county and it just gets crazier from there like what and then he gets accused of a murder so it gets worse and it's just i mean that's not giving away the whole thing's called making a murder 
So it's just it. The whole thing is a real life story about a man who was already proven via science and via facts and good lawyering that he was not uh, the perpetrator and that there was already somebody else. And like just showing corruption of police um, cover ups, the way that just things get twisted and manipulated and not even in a particularly sophisticated way. You know, like when you're watching it, everything feels kind of duh, which is, I think, what's so infuriating. But like that people get away with this stuff. And um, I know like the, it, I'm still honestly in the middle of it. I already know what happens, but it's it's carrying on into real life right now, which is also why I think people are really swept up in it. It's a it's crazy. Hmm. Marv, I want you to watch it so we can I can whine about it with you, <laughs> even though I have plenty of people that I'm like screaming with. I was like, this is ridiculous. Ugh. Sorry, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so it's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix. It's just taken over the holidays, man. Everybody and their mothers literally have been watching this. Well, I think it's also the world we kind of find ourselves in, in terms of like our friends in media are all very much, um, a lot of them are in that activist world. So I think um, there's definitely a lot more um, buzz coming going on from I uh, I say yeah, as well. yeah for sure but like the funny thing is I haven't from our from our circle of like act, you know very activist friends they are very focused on a lot of different things that are going on I haven't heard that much about this particular documentary from them at all I actually feel like it's connecting me to an outside world where it's just people in America um actually international there's a lot of people internationally that are are watching this and it's just this big mirror being held up to human flaw and corruption and greed and just being awful awful people and poverty and you know just talking about how people prey upon uh or take advantage of people who are in you know less than ideal circumstances and what that means and all that stuff so i i I appreciate it because it's a very it's a much bigger dialogue and um man i just i don't feel bad but the the people involved are getting massive lashback let's just put it that it is crazy i'm following things on twitter and it's ruining my sleep cycle because i'm laying in bed and i should be sleeping but i'm following the hashtag on twitter I'm just like what's oh. going on you partaking in the shot and fraud oh my god well there's certain people like i genuinely like, again watching them i just i get so upset i'm like you are an evil piece of blah. and i'm just i hope so many bad things happen to you and that's why I'm like, this is why the documentary is so crazy because, the, the, you know, the creators are saying we're not taking a particular stance. We're just trying to cover this investigation very thoroughly and show this and this and that. There's definitely feedback on that saying, like, you didn't show everything and this is evidence. And I don't know. Anyway, I could go on forever. It's it's maddening. And it's definitely not just this story that it just really shows you how it's so easy to imagine and understand and know that this happens all the time. You know, for poor people everywhere, people that don't get the spotlight shed on them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's dynamics of power, dynamics of... Exactly. Like, when it's... um, These type of stories could could have stayed buried if the filmmakers didn't go and right. put a microphone on it. And right. think about the millions of stories that don't get told. Exactly, right? exactly. So uh, <laughs> now I think it's good that there is this outrage. The The question is then what's going to now happen as a result, right? But I yeah. think the whole point for the whole suing thing for Stephen Avery, you, you got to watch this guy. I mean, he 
is not like any saint of any kind or anything. He's just like a regular guy, right? Um, and has made his mistakes and everything like that. Definitely not perfect, but it's just his... I agree with it 100%. He's like, I don't give a shit about getting $36 million. I care about them taking responsibility for what they did, you know? Um, and people just owning up to that. And that's what I think that people see a huge lack of in a lot of different areas. Uh, and I think that's what fuels that rage. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows what the outcome will be as a result of this? But it's still, there's stuff happening real time that's pretty insane. And it's kind of all unfolding day by day. If you're paying attention to it, <laughs> which I am. <laughs> Well, don't don't drive yourself crazy. That's how. Uh... I know. <laughs> I know. You're totally right. Well, speaking of people being good, in, I don't know. This is a terrible segue, but uh, my okay, go to your table topic. My topic is more about. So today, um, like I said, I was a tourist in Nanjing, and I went to um, the memorial for the Nanjing massacre, which um, the colloquially also called the Rape of Nanking, and it's kind of. Um, I guess it's one of the big, I guess, atrocities um, that were vis- was visited on, I guess you can call my people. But, you know, it's kind of a, a, a big thing that happened during during World War II, during the, um, the Second Sino-Chinese-Japanese War, where, like, people were, like, some bad shit happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what I was expecting. I know, like, part of the reason I wanted to come to Nancy was to check it out because, like, I don't know. I wanted to see what I would feel, mm-hmm. I guess, inside. Like, I know how it made, like, people from my parents' generation feel. And that's, you know, a lot of, like, sadness and right. maybe even some hate. Right. Right. But like like we talked about last year, like, we're, we're a generation removed. So we're kind of more, our perspective is a little bit more global, I guess. Of course. Cause, and you and, haven't experienced it yourself. So inherently, like. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've read, you know, the accounts and, you know. The, the Wikipedia articles and things like that. But I guess when I was there, it just, it was overwhelmingly more, um, well, first of all, the memorial itself is interesting because it started, they built it there because I guess they were, so um, they were going to break ground for this new building in the city. And then they like stumbled upon like a mass grave. Wow. Pretty much. Wow. Um, so, so they, they built a memorial over it. And so, um, there's part of the mass grave still kind of exposed for people to see, look inside and see all the skeletons. And things <gasps> like that. So that's kind of crazy. Oh, that's so um, Oh, I just got like chills. <laughs> but the, the whole thing became like a museum memorial for the, the, the second world war, pretty much uh, from the Chinese perspective, like the beginnings of the Japanese aggression to the down, the fall of Nanjing to the end where they kind of talk about the aftermath and the war tribunals and things like that. And I guess for me, it was just an overwhelming sense of just like, it's a, it's crazy. Like just the bad things that people can and will do when they think they can. Right. right? Like the whole thing was like, this was sanctioned by like the commanders. Like, right. The commanders pretty much said, "Yeah, it's fine. Go rape. Go p- loot. Go pillage. Go pillage." And... I was about to say, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like for me, I, I didn't really feel like I felt a lot of just sadness about the human condition, but also 
it's interesting because the whole the whole exhibit ends in a this whole peace garden, which is like a, a monument to understanding this tragedy will hopefully lead to it never happening again. Mm-hmm. And this whole this whole sense of just um, peace and hopeful reconciliation, mm-hmm. even in the face of like um, there's this, there's a couple exhibits about how like people are still denying it or mm-hmm. um, they're still you know sco- like quote unquote scholars in you know Japan like in the the, the right wing. Just like, just as we have right wing nuts, they have right wing nuts. Everybody's got like, right wing nuts, yo. Trying to type up like whole research papers of how like certain people are false witnesses and how it wasn't as bad as they thought said it was, and like they made made it up, even though you have all this hard evidence, video, photo of you know. Does somebody plan a Toyota? Ke- no, sorry, that's making a murder reference. You don't get it, but yeah, people planting <laughs> stuff, whatever. But yeah, it's I guess um. Just, That's a lot to take, man. I can't. I can't imagine going to a memorial where they still have the freaking mass grave exposed. Like that's intense, man. Yeah. So I guess um, not really a pop culture or social commentary thing. I just wanted to just um, talk about it. No, because I do. like. I'm kind of traveling solo, so I don't really have anyone to kind of unload this. Like this we are, stuff on, we are but. here for you, Marvin. That's a lot, though, and I think that's so important generationally um, because the wars, I, I, you know, I mean, not to say that there are not physical fights happening. Of course there are, and there are people that have died, but kind of in generations, like, we have never experienced the extent of violence and death that our parents and their parents did. And so I feel like the fights that we're fighting are a lot more ideological and more you know what i'm saying it's with words and with policy and with economy and things like that right but i think a big lesson is also of perception right like the reason why something like this could happen Mm -hmm. is when one 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 people decides another people is not worth their life or anything like they see them as less than human right and that's something that like society now is dangerously close to repeating, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know, and and so. not to be and I, it's. And it's I brought of, it down. I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no. You're not. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Absolutely not. And this is what I was. I was reflecting even on our our last year, <laughs> last year, last week, um, when we we're talking about kind of the end of the year thoughts and. I was being a bit of a downer and definitely was kind of in this, again, when we talk about New Year's, I can talk more about that. But um, just here's, I was, I was talking this out with my own friend because I didn't want to talk with that many people and reflecting on, I wasn't in this place of like, ah, everything's amazing. And, you know, it was a great year for me, but also in humanity, there was a lot of shitty stuff that happened. Right. And it's my thing is, I feel like I'm an optimistic realist, and I think it's not to be ignorant of everything that's going on, right? Or that happened, or the ugliness of it, and how terrible it was, and how violent and just nonsensical. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But to act like it didn't happen or to ignore it, I think is is at our own detriment. Like, you can't say, oh, well, that uh, freaking genocide happened. Well, you know, you have air, Like, well, no, (laughs) yes, we do have air, but like, what are you going to, what is your, I guess what I hope to kind of spark, because I think about this a lot, like what is, you're going to be here, you're going to consume 
and be a participating citizen of humanity, what is your contribution back, right? If you see all these injustices and they do get you pissed off and they do make you feel a certain type of way, like making a murder is making a lot of people feel a certain type of way, well, then what's your response, right? And um, it's it's not to be ignorant of that. And And I don't think you're like being a downer at all. I think that's so real that you're looking at these people and it, it, I think that's the same thing with this documentary. It's like, it could have been me. That could have been me. If I was any, it's in this particular place at that time, I'm at the mercy of some, you know, commander saying like, yeah, you're not worth it. Go, <laughs> go die. You're done. You know what I mean? Your family, whatever. And I, I don't think it's a downer. I think that's just reality. You know, we're talking about two very real things, one past and one present. But I think it's I again, I I feel the pain and I want to do good as a result. I don't want people to be taken advantage of or or harmed in any way. I have a hard time watching Rocky, you guys. But, you know, I still I watch Creed and oh, my God, it was amazing. But um, (laughs) but I have a hard time seeing people in pain like it hurts me. I cry like it. Like, it's not a good feeling. It's ironic that I pay, you know, I pay money and take time out of my life to watch it. But I don't think that it's uh, useless. I don't think life is always just meant to be pleasurable because I think the meaningfulness comes from being able to see that, understand it, witness it, and then do something positive with it. As hippie as that may sound. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, No, it makes sense. I mean, it's... You got to figure, like, sometimes you need to see, well, you need to understand, like, how shitty things or people can be to understand that, like, you know, people have the capacity to be total dicks to each other, but also, like, to be good to each other. Right. And give them the choice, like, why not be good to each other? Like, lift everyone up. Like, it's... Or at the very least, don't be shitty to each other. You know what I'm saying? If you're not going to go out of your way to serve food at a homeless shelter or donate money, just don't be a horrible person. Because there are clear examples throughout in the entire history of humanity and present day and in our face all the time, social media wise. Don't go out of your way to be shitty. That's it. You know what I mean? That's the (laughs) least you can do. And I don't know. Because and, and it's just a funny thing, kind of like bridging back to the social media part where it's an interesting dynamic to see the direct feedback. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can't get away with as much as you could before. Right. These people in making a murder have been living for years thinking that they have gotten away with X, Y, Z. We have yet to see if that's true or not. Right. Let the let the jury decide or let their another. Let there be another trial. That's all I'm asking. But people walk away thinking that they can treat someone else like garbage and then get away with it. And I think the interesting thing, and though it can go to extremes for sure, and that's very dangerous and, you know, not lovely or anything like that. But you get the consequences, I guess, in a way, um, more readily and more intensely (laughs) than before. Right? Are you saying what what goes around comes around? Yeah, I mean it's a Is balance. That, like yes. if somebody gets up and says, "Hey, I'm going to go commit genocide right now," like there's going to be a shit ton of people saying, "Like you're evil, you're horrible." Like there will be feedback, right? It's not happening in some 
there's a less likelihood of it happening in a, in some remote part of the world where it will never be found out. Not to say that I'm sure that happens all the time, but increasingly you, you, I'm sorry, at least in America, that's the issue of what's causing so much turmoil is that things are caught on camera or see people do witness it. And not only are they going to witness it, they can share that on a much wider scale to get yeah, people to instantly. back them up or what, whatever. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in. It's not that much different, but it's the dynamics at play are different. It's, I'm just fascinated by all of it. We're in a really unique place because we're watching it really escalate since we were adolescents. But anyway. It's, yeah, well. I give you virtual um, hugs, Marv. That's a lot to, <laughs> to take in by yourself. It's all right. Well, we got to take a quick break because we're going a little long. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that was my day. And... <laughs> That's all. I, <laughs> other than that, ate some good food and had a, walked a lot. My legs are really tired. Anyways, going to take a quick break, um, talk about some collab updates, and we'll be back to talk about our New Year's. Be right back. BRB. And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, connecting, discovering, elevating, and showcasing the diverse talents of our community to the world, the world I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think I messed up that order again, but whatever. No, We're going to go fine. with it. It's 2016, guys. Welcome to the new season. Uh, as with every collaboration season, we open it up with recruitment. So if you're in any of our member cities or if you just want to help out, um, check out our application at collaboration.org. Uh, there should be a link right in the front page or if you look down into the sublinks, um, the Get Involved section is where you want to go. Um, we're looking for people to help with our productions, marketing, um, even just operations. We need people to help just keep everyone organized. I think that's the most important thing that I'm concerned with is keeping everyone organized because that gives me... My thing is having good energy. So if you are an enthusiastic, passionate person, I think this is your your jam. They go hand in hand, Mark. You have the energy with the organization. Um, So yeah, um, if you're interested, apply. It's promise it's a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) It is. It's a lot of work, but I think that's where all the fun comes from. I accomplished so much. Also, um, it's finally time to announce our winner of the Haikus with Hotties giveaway. If you remember, we're giving away a free copy of the Haikus with Hotties calendar 2016, uh, made by our friend Ada Sang and the nice, the great folks at Audrey Magazine. Um, who's going digital now, so hope, wish them luck. Um, we got one entry, so I guess you win. Um, our winner is Lauren Lola from San Francisco, whose haiku reads, The new year comes in anticipating release, novel number two. Ooh. Very foreboding, like in a great way. Good for you. Lauren Lauren yeah. works her, ass, her butt off. <laughs> I'm excited. You say it. No, I know. I'm trying to say less. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, congratulations, Lauren. Uh, we'll be giving, we'll be, we'll be sending you your calendar ASAP so you can stare at hot dudes while writing, finishing up your next novel. 
That sounds like a great day or year. <laughs> Finally, as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, quizzes, or just need to correct us on stuff, because I'm sure we say a lot of things wrong, send us an email at podcast at collaboration.org. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. I don't to... talk about anything wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm never wrong. I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. Stop the rolling. <laughs> Um, yeah, send us an email and we'll be glad to read it on the air and answer it. And, you know, we always love interacting with our fans and our listeners. And um, hopefully we'll hear from you. Um, also, one last thing. If you listen to us on um, iTunes, uh, give us a quick review, um, a nice five star rating or four star. I, I'll, I'll go I'll go down to four star. No, five. Um, no, four, because we can always improve. This is true. But uh, just more appreciative. Yeah. I don't um, know why, but really I just thought of Parks and Rec from Paul Rudd's character. Give it to me. Give me it. Give me it. <laughs> just give it to me. Why aren't you giving it to me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Move on. Sorry, I'm like interrupting all your announcements. Every review you give will help us um, reach new people and bring new listeners into the Clockcast family. And we really want to expand our family because um, I think, well, I think what I say is pretty important. So, you know. And we're continuously wanting hearing from you. We are, I can't, I can't English. We always want to hear back from our audience because they help educate this conversation. Yeah. And that's it for the first collaboration update for 2016. Uh, we'll be hopefully next week. We'll have some events that we can start plugging for you guys. But um, until then, back to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Clubcast. We're back. That was back too much again. energy. Too much energy. It's Clubcast episode forty-nine. It's twenty sixteen, and that's what our new feature topic is going to be about. Twenty sixteen. Minichi, how was your New Year's? It was not that eventful. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you do? What I do? I drove around a lot of Los Angeles with our friend Sean Mura and ended the night with an epic quest for McDonald's, which was actually harder than one would think because everything was closed. Um, and this is a uh, – yeah, that was it. What would you do? Um, we tried to look for a celebration – or at least a place to count down and couldn't find anything. Oh. The, here's the thing with China. <laughs> okay. Um, wrong New Year's to be really excited about. Oh, true that. No one cares. Um, Nobody cares. Well, no, did no did, one like, care? People did, uh, the streets were crowded, but people didn't really celebrate the way we do it in, even in Taiwan. Like Taiwan, you have a big, huge fireworks celebration at Taipei 101 that, um, that I've been to a couple times, and it's amazing. And mm-hmm. it's crowded, and everyone's a big thing. Like here, like we all went to, so there's this place called Qintendi in Shanghai, which is like a big kind of, it's kind of like an expat area, a lot of um, Western commercial district design, um, but it's we assumed it's a cool place that people congregate, so there's at least going to be a countdown, right? Mm-hmm. So we all congregate in this place uh, in kind of a central courtyard area, and there's this big screen, and we assume that it's going to be like, all right, they got they got to play something on there, right? Right. Everyone's here. It's got to be epic. 
Yeah. And then, like, one minute left, nothing. 30 seconds left, nothing. Really? We ended up just counting. We ended up just counting down. And then, like, By yourself? Happy New Year, and then we, well, what, we were in a big group of people. Okay. But it was like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Woo! And then everyone left. Like, no fireworks, no flashy lights. I swear to God, I feel was, like this uh, year in general, okay, it was pretty low key. Just compared to last year and years prior. <laughs> I'm a big New Year's person. I just love celebrating all the things. I, I Well, Taipei was popping. We, we got video from our friends there and like that was a crazy fireworks celebration. It's just... Yeah. Young people are into it because it's a, it's a it's a it's a reason to go out with your boyfriend or girlfriend and like you know make out at midnight or something. But like I'm the sorry, older people are not that into it. <laughs> um, and it was just uh, it was kind of a, kind of a big letdown. Well, okay, but I'm saying uh, like because my, okay, go ahead, finish your. Well, thought. no, here's the thing. Like, because I was with my parents, and my parents like they love like they love the rowdiness of new year's like they, yeah they were like they were expecting like my dad like was like lugging around a big bottle of champagne in our bag in a, Aww, his backpack your parents right, are so, the best i love them um so they were like oh i guess i guess nothing's happening and yeah i'm was, just uh, t- okay well this is my temperature reading from even from social media it seems like and, you know, we have friends from across the entire country and I have friends international, etc. It seemed like a generally pretty low-key New Year's overall. There was not as much uh, just gigantic excitement. It seemed like a lot of like people had fun, but I feel like everyone kind of stayed home and had their house parties with their friends. And, you know, there were a lot of house parties, but um, I didn't see as many. I just feel like in the years past... There's always a flood of fireworks and just like huge hullabaloo. And it wasn't as big this year. People were still excited, but it wasn't as intense. (laughs) Maybe you just weren't invited? Maybe. I'm saying, no, but this this is Snapchat. I don't want her to come. People don't invite and then they put stuff all over Snapchat and Facebook, (laughs) anyways. You know this because everyone else is like, oh, I'm at the coolest party ever. No, it's, they're, there were That's celebrations true. happening. It just seemed overall a little <laughs> bit more low key compared to past years, and yeah. I was definitely part of that. I didn't really. Yeah, my brother, uh, my brother dished me and my parents to go to a uh, a Zed concert. Nice. Um, at, in Shanghai during, I, I didn't go because, as we know, now that I have my new eyes, I can't go to those things anymore because the lasers hurt. Oh yeah, true. <sighs> I don't know. For those who don't know what I'm referring to, I got LASIK um, a couple months ago. And um, I think, was it two months ago when we had, uh, we were in Vegas with a bunch of the other executive directors of collaboration. And we were at uh, one of the clubs. It was Hakkasan with uh, Steve yeah. Aoki playing. And like, we went to the top floor where he was supposedly spinning soon. And there's lasers everywhere. And I was like, ah, my eyes. Yeah, I felt really bad for you. That sucks. I can't see. It was like, I was literally getting headaches. That I, I sucks. Just, yeah, no more lasers for Marvin. I'm getting oh, no more lasers, no more Coachella. No, no more. No, I'm turning, throwing in my party towel. Turn down for what? Um, <laughs> so the funny thing is, I spent my New Year's Eve that last day. I went to the beach and hung out at a cafe that I like to just. I was super low key. I was working. 
Um, and then I just went for a walk on the beach. It was funny because the Rose Bowl was happening the next day. So the the beach, it was Venice Beach, but it was covered with Iowa Iowans, um, pe- Buckeye fans who were just getting their dose of the Pacific. So it was really cute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just call Iowa fans Buckeyes? They were Buckeyes. Yeah. The Ohio Buckeyes. Why? Was I wrong? Am I wrong? Shit. Pretty sure Buckeyes are Ohio. No, and it's Iowa. They're very it's Iowa. Proud. Swear to God, it was all over their shirts. I just Googled it. Yeah, Iowa Hawkeyes college football. You said Buckeyes. Hawkeye. Oh, shit. My bad. Let me take it back. <laughs> so I was at. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure no one from Ohio listens to this podcast. So oh, my bad. Say. No, no, no. No. But if you, if they I don't want to get you, killed. No. There would be like. Let's talk Hawkeyes. about Twitter hate Hawkeyes. for a second. Hawkeyes. Let's talk Hawkeyes. about. Hawkeye. At Benjeezy with four E's. No, now I'm thinking of the Avengers. Is that Hawkeye? Yes, that is Hawkeye. Okay, so yeah, now I'll keep that forever emblazoned <laughs> in my mind. Um, Hawkeyes. So that was cute. <laughs> they're all enjoying. They're all wearing jeans and stuff and rolling up there. You sent all your tweets to Atman Jeezy. Shut me. up. Four Stop E's. throwing me under the bus. That's really, really mean. But anyway, um, and then I treated myself to, to um, a spa day at the Korean spa, which is really relaxing. So I was trying to like unwind. And I literally could have gone home and went to bed and done nothing. But Sean Mira is a great friend. And he's like, you know, but New Year's. And I was like, yeah, okay. I've never done a Korean spa. It's pretty I'm fun. still not really down with the getting naked in front of people. They don't do that in China? No. That's crazy. I thought it was just like an Asian thing. Uh, I think it's a pretty Korean thing. Okay. Um, yeah, no. we. Um, the most naked I've gotten was for a Thai massage once. But that, they make you put on like a like pajama thing Okay. So, before they come in. Yeah. Well, there's also like the communal area where everyone's wearing their matching shirt and shorts and like just chilling and eating and taking naps and reading books and going into the the dry sauna, the ice room and all that stuff. So it was really chill. It was very, very relaxing. And then, yeah. And so I really was just I went home and I was still kind of under the weather. By the way, guys, I racked in. (laughs) I finished my year with my 15th cold, 15 and 15, guys. My goal now is zero and 16. But um, we'll see about that. Anyway, yeah, I just I did nothing, and then Sean and I ended up adventuring around LA. And he had his whole Snapchat. He had this whole Snapchat thing that he wanted to do: just go all different parts of Los Angeles from New Year's Eve to yeah. New Year's Day. I'm super bummed. I can't like I can't Snapchat. I can't follow anyone's Snapchat here because I'm throttled at 2G. So I can post like one every like 10 minutes, but I can't look at anyone's because i don't have enough bandwidth oh okay i'm completely cut off so i haven't seen any of your guys' snaps for the last two weeks pretty much sad face or week yeah Uh, you can't see our food or our random adventures but you can see mine i know all of you all of yours is food um but speaking of food yeah so we ended the night so sean and i just drove around we were at the actual countdown we um were in west hollywood and we're trying to find a place to park when it turned into midnight, <laughs> we were just trying to find a place that we were like, we need to get out of the car. And, you know, West Hollywood was definitely, you know, all a buzz. Everyone was having a really great time. But nope, didn't happen that way because of all the traffic. We ended up literally driving down an alley as it turned into 
midnight and I had my phone out with the official countdown going. And then so we just opened our windows. And we're like, yay. Yeah. So it was a little Sounds- bit anticlimactic, <laughs> but it was still really fun. It was really fun. It's like the year of like janky New Year's celebration. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. But you yeah. know what? I was treating. So this year I was treating it like I guess my indifference came from at this point in my life. I feel like I'm making resolutions every day, every month. Like I'm always in this refreshing, like I'm constantly refreshing. So this refreshing didn't feel that big. And I wanted it to mean something more, but emotionally I just wasn't there and it was fine. I still had a great time and I'm glad that I went out and we, we spent like probably like an hour and a half trying to find McDonald's. We had to go to like three or four to find one that was actually open. And then we had to wait (laughs) for, I think like 45 minutes in the car because everybody went to that McDonald's. Oh, yeah, that's what I kind of missed about um, New Year's in Taiwan because everyone in the whole like GD city goes to Taipei One Hundred One to watch the giant fireworks, and afterwards everyone goes home. It's kind of like DC too, where like DC and Fourth of July, where the worst part is afterwards, the aftermath because right. the streets are crowded, right. all the subways are crowded, and so what we usually do is we find a place to eat. And wait out the crowds. I kind of feel and, like that's um, what happened this year. I think people preemptively were like, I don't want to deal with the chaos. So I'm just going to stay at home. I'm going to do something low key. Or I'm just going to get together with friends and just call it a night. Um, <laughs> because I, I, I'm guessing. And it was also really cold. I think it was really warm over on the East Coast. But, you know. Oh, yeah. That was, that was what everyone was talking about. Yeah. I think it was probably just as cold for you as it was for... For us here, I think here it was about, um, it wasn't that cold, it was maybe like 8 degrees Celsius, which is, I'm like, I'm getting used to Celsius now, it's it's going to be tough going, making the transition back to uh, back to Fahrenheit. It just makes more sense. Whatever, get back on it. Degrees F. Degrees Meteors F. Meteors makes so much more sense. I know. You, you threw out kilometers earlier and I got all discombobulated. I'm like, why are you <laughs> confusing me? I can't convert right now. I just feel like... I think it's because... So Fahrenheit intuitively makes more sense when it's a warmer climate. Mm-hmm. Because like 70s, 80s, 90s, 100, you can kind of see, oh, that's getting hotter and hotter. Whereas when it's colder, Celsius makes more sense because zero is freezing. So when you're at zero... You know it's cold, you know. Right. Whereas, like freezing for Fahrenheit is like what thirty two, yeah, degrees or something, yeah. And you know, well, it's I been guess, down in the thirties over here. So, in yeah, Los if you Angeles. Guys get, <laughs> it's interesting because normally I I hate heat, but when it's like almost freezing outside, like you you just want to soak up all the heat that's left. Like you chase the sun. Yep. Like there's sun over there. I must get to it. Yep. Pretty much. That's how I am all the time because I'm always cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Do you have any resolutions Anyways. though? Now that we've brought up the New Year's thing, and I think that's the most appropriate next step. <laughs> resolutions? Um, I don't know. I think they're pretty awesome already. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've been thinking a little bit about resolutions, or just things I want to do differently, or be diff- things I want to be different next this year, and. I mean, definitely you want to continue on last year's trend of just doing shit. But at the same time, also um, 
being more cognizant or being more aware of the reasons I do things and kind of the way I do things. Okay. So I'm being super vague, but it's more for me than for you guys. Yeah. Um, But it's... um, You got to go into detail. That's cool. I like that you have it for yourself. That's that's really what matters. Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, you and I can go more in depth when we when you're finally back around. Like we can, I would love to hear your resolutions if you care to share. Mm. Yeah, no, that's awesome though. I think it's again. I think the whole uh, concept of reevaluation within reason. You know, like not overdoing it all the time and killing yourself mentally in the process or emotionally. But I'm always reevaluating. So. But definitely, definitely get healthier. Like, it is just my number one thing. And I think everything else kind of falls in line with that. Because I think I'm just, I very much push myself and I'm really intense and things like that. And just need more balance. <laughs> That's the resolution, you know? Balance. Just be healthier. I think. Be healthier. But that, be healthier. That involves specific things. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And like, I still want to get the things I want done. But I think if it's at the sake of your, like, literally, I thought back on 2015, I was like, I was sick every couple weeks. I would be sick and I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm healthy. Oh, let's do all the things. Oh, my God, I'm like sick again. And it was all year long. 15 colds means way more than just one a month, you know? So, yeah, definitely the behavior's got to back up the idea. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how, you know, using milestones to set goals and like to, you know, using the New Year's, the crossing over as a way to, you know, say 2015 is done with. That's past Marv. That's past Minji. That person's gone. Now it's new Marv. And I'm going to be this, this and this and this. Um, And the trick is more, I think the trick now, the trick really is. To really follow through. Because it's easy to say things. Like, it's easy to say, I'm going to be this, I'm going to do that. It's a lot harder to actually change. Or not change, but like to do, right? For sure. Or yeah, no. I mean, but when in the doing and in the meeting of your goals and resolutions, you are changing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Especially if you have, you know, the right, who say what's right and wrong. But with the positive, well-intended, you know, attitude and hopes behind it i think that's awesome i think most people you know i listen to so many different gurus and and lecturers about this but i think most people are just really trying to find connection and purpose right and the way that they go about doing that is different for every person out there but i think that that's really it's my thing is uh less of completely transforming myself as as this is why i get very hippie we're used to it my soul i know but this is me versus saying i'm transforming myself is more like i'm evolving and more um i'm building on my foundation of who i am and choosing what i really like about myself and continuing on with that and there's things i want to change and all of that because i kind of because i have 30 years under my belt to reflect on and then observing people around me and learning from people that are much older than me and have experienced many different things and to varying degrees of intensity. I just feel like it's 
it's uh, micro movements that make the biggest change. That's the reality of any habit. If you want to start working out better, if you want to start eating better, you're not going to like the whole cold turkey thing. I believe there are some people who are capable of it, but I think vast majority of humans can't really just suddenly like just I'm going to never eat any processed food ever again. And I'm only eating. I'm going paleo. Anybody who's done paleo and anyone who's done like something really drastic like that always goes back, right? Like, they always do. They're like, I did my two week thing, and I'm gonna order Domino's now. I don't know about always, but it's it is it is tough, yeah. But often, often, and I had this long talk with my brother during um, Christmas about it. He's older than I'm. We're definitely at that inflection point of like we're in our thirties now and. We need to grow up in XYZ way and discussing family and our past and understanding ourselves and all that stuff. It really, yeah, I, I'm just trying to, and this is kind of me, the, the me that's uh, really trying to embrace this balance aspect of my life is don't expect things to change overnight. Nothing ever does. So if, as long as you're willing to put in the work in like in small increments and make it add up to something that's substantial, that's good for me. And I've noticed that like all the good habits that I have now, 10 years ago, I did not have them. And it took a long time for them to become habits. Like 10 years ago, I never ate breakfast. I worked out maybe like a couple times a week. If that, I slept way worse than I sleep now. Um, a lot of different things, my stress management, whatever. But like things, even like uh, brushing my teeth. That's Sorry, this is like, this is way. gross if you guys think, whatever. But I didn't. I didn't brush my teeth twice what? a day. I used to brush my teeth once a day. And Wait, I would so floss when I ago, felt like it. Which, which means you've been doing this for 20 years. No, no, actually, that's years? more like 15. For the, no, How actually, is your no, mouth flossing, not a total like, disaster? That's what I'm saying. Well, in high school, I got like 12 cavities at once. 12 cavities? I've at never once. had a single cavity. See, I go big or go home, guys. I get 15 colds in a year. <laughs> that nothing. is... Yeah, that is, a I think it was like, that is like you should get like a award. That, I feel like that's up. like a award. I've heard my friend got 17. And this is also people and I'm just going to de- defend myself. Sometimes it's genetics and people have bad teeth. But yeah, no, I didn't floss. And all I think I believe all my cavities were like, you know, in between my teeth because I didn't floss regularly. It was not the fact that I never flossed. It's I didn't do it every freaking day. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like maybe a few every few days I would do it. And it's not like my mom or dad brushed my teeth with me on the regular, like monitoring me and asking me if I floss. And ultimately, I always knew I was supposed to. I was just lazy about wait, it. Wait, wait. I want to. I want to. So, so I have this thing where, like, I like to shower before I go to sleep because I like to be clean at night. Mm-hmm. And the same mm-hmm. thing with brushing my teeth, right? You want to. You want a clean mouth at night so I can like be comfortable. So, right. when you say you brushed once a day. Was that in mm-hmm. the morning or at night? It's usually at night. Yeah. But sometimes so you you're just so lazy. And this is. in the is, morning and just go straight to school? I would go wake up, teeth? drink water, whatever. See, this is all the judging. Screw you. I'm just. <laughs> you. That's how people get halitosis, right? Right. They do. Exactly. Which is why I make it a priority twice a day now to brush my teeth and floss every single I'm day. Just, I can't. It's unfathomable to you, but there are people out there who don't do that. And I'm sure there's somebody listening who doesn't floss every freaking day or brush their teeth twice a day. 
There are people out there who don't eat their vegetables. I can't. This is what I'm saying. I get that incredulous about people who don't exercise and don't drink water and don't eat vegetables. Because when I don't, I feel like shit. When I eat crap and I drink soda all the time, like I haven't drank a full soda in years because I, my body can't handle it anymore. It just feels like too much sugar. I love I love soda, but um, I drink maybe like a quarter of a can. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wanted the carbonation. I like the sweetness. But like I go to In-N-Out and I get my number two meal with my cheeseburger. Cannot finish that drink ever. It's way too much. But that's the state that I'm in at this point where I'm like, I can't do it. How do you do that? That's gross. And that's that's just the way I've evolved because for me, I wanted to be really careful about what I put in my body. It started out with vanity because I wanted to look good. I wanted to get fit and X, Y, Z. But I'm a human being and I love junk food. And um, yeah, it took a long time to to reach that point. But that's what I'm saying. Like I can't eat a veg. I can't. I. It's hard for me to eat meals without veggies because I, I made it this big thing for myself in my own head that I have to have vegetables at every meal. Mm. just because i want fiber um but yeah so i get where you're coming from with like your incredulousness but there's tons of people who do and don't do a lot of things so what i'm the the meta message is if you i'm just over exaggerating for comedy but no i know (laughs) but it is gross it is no trust me because i'm like ew that's disgusting (laughs) when you know like now that i'm all you know self-righteous in the fact that i brush my teeth twice a day and flaws i'm like ew you don't do that that's what ew that's unsanitary (laughs) and it all is kind of for your for your good health but the meta message is like for any thing to become a habit it takes a long time and it takes a lot of tiny tiny efforts versus i'm gonna be the most whatever right i mean uh, i'm gonna listen to the news two hours each day and i'm gonna read 10 books a day and i'm gonna on top of working out and on top of you know donating to to nonprofits, just donate to collaboration or i'm gonna cook for myself or i am going to be nicer and i'm not gonna i'm gonna remove this toxic person from my life i'm gonna call my mother every day i'm gonna all these things right there's so much so are those your resolutions no those are not my resolutions those are former resolutions i i've been reading more that's definitely a resolution i want to read more books i want to read things that are positive and like feed my brain um trying Mm. to get off social media i haven't quantified that so i don't know how like that's more of a goal right to quantify it than saying resolution (laughs) i guess i have resolved i want to i want to cuss a little bit less i don't want i don't think i need to cut like wipe out cussing but uh I've gotten pretty potty mouthed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows. And. Uh, yeah, cussing less is probably pretty. It's hard because yeah. it's part of kind of free expression. Like, I'm very emphatic and passionate person. So I want to. It, it is definitely a part of a release of like, I'm saying what I truly feel. Um, but it's it's not always the best thing. It it can it can further fuel negative stuff, which I think it's at times are totally fine and appropriate. Depends on who you're with, um, and if you're like journaling, you cuss your little heart out. <laughs> but you don't need a. It's like I, I don't want to create in, you know bad vibes. Yeah, I mean, being more less cussy is definitely a good. You know, goal to have in terms of just being a better communicator. Yeah. So, no, I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. 
I should probably. I don't. I don't feel like I. You don't cuss. I used to cuss a yeah, lot. You don't cuss as much I as I do. As much anymore. <laughs> you definitely don't. Um, maybe because I'm a little bit older than you. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that has nothing to do with age. I'm uh, seriously. Once though, you get over Coachella, the cussing goes down. I promise you. That's what I'm saying. I think your... again, this it feeds back to. It's a feedback loop going back to if I'm feeling balanced and zen and you know what I'm saying, like good in myself and healthy and all the things. I feel like naturally that anger, it doesn't ever like it's that whatever emotion I might be feeding is often fed by all these other stressors, right? Like I'm sick, I'm miserable, I have to do eighty thousand things in the day, and now this thing happened, and like you know, bleep 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 bleep, and it, it's all kind of like this downward spiral. It's not always like that. Sometimes I just use cuss words for emphasis. And when I'm laughing and when I'm happy, it's not always like a negative thing. But in any case, I, I want to be more self-aware of that. So we'll see. You can call me out on it. FNA. <laughs> Good luck. And on that note, that's a podcast. First podcast of 2016 is Yay! over. 49? Episode 40, yeah. 49ers! Everyone hates me now. Episode 50 will also be our last Skype podcast as I'm finally coming back to the States. Wait, no, you're not back till... A changed man. Are you coming back next Friday or this Friday? Next Friday. Yeah, so next week we have to Skype, right? Yeah, next Friday is our last Skype podcast I'm also working on listening better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Oh... Sweet Jeebus. Uh. Um, <laughs> last Skype podcast of the year. So we can finally, once again, talk face-to-face. With our guests, because people are finally coming back to town-ish. Yeah? Yeah. Excited? A lead-up. The countdown to episode 52 starts now. Yeah, you're, like, building it up, man. Now it's going to be hard to... Everyone's going to be like, this it's is episode 52. The, womp, it's going to be, like, the biggest letdown. We're gonna. It's gonna just gonna be me and you. The worst. No one will find it. Oh yeah. Anyways, she's the worst person ever. Thank you, Minji, for joining me. And Thank you, Mark. you know, go sleep because it's like in the butt crack middle of the night, the center of the night. Yeah, it's pretty in late. The center divide of the night. All right. See you guys next Bye. Hips don't lie, my swag so crazy, I'm a schizo, right? You a ballerina, cool, I'm a disco guy. Excuse me, I heard bang, bang, I heard shots. Domino barge in the interrupt your workshop. Without you, the show stops. I heard you're thirsty, so I got you a cold pot. Hey.